All right, welcome back. Uh, part two of episode two of season two of ADD News. We... On a, oh, it's a Monday. <laughs> it is a Monday. Yeah, it's not a two. Well, it could have been the twos on Tuesday. Yeah, it's not quite midnight over there yet. If you record for two more hours or another couple hours, at least on my end, it'll be Tuesday. Yeah, as long as one of us is on Tuesday. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, so we talked about, uh, the last thing we talked about was labor, um, and then had our wonderful video with John Oliver threatening members of Congress with their own data. <laughs> um, you should check that out. You should check, uh, anybody who saw that piece or hasn't seen it yet, either way, uh, you should check out that whole episode. It's great. Um, it's the most recent episode of last week tonight. Um. All right. Where were we? Oh, yeah. Did you have a story you wanted to run with before I carried on the, what we were on? Let's see. Oh, I actually have a couple. Uh, we can do a quick Teddy Cruzy one again. That's lit. That makes it sound like we have fun together. Uh, this is from The Independent. Uh, for the Independent, Ted Cruz demands yell punished protesters who disrupted a free speech event featuring anti-LGBT plus groups. So he's wanting this was just to tromp, trample on their First Amendment rights? Absolutely is what's happening here. So the same thing they always do. Uh, the First Amendment only applies to them, yep. really. Anything else... Uh, is a an attack on their rights. Right. Um, oh, I'm not signing in to view the rest of this article. Luckily, I already have a few of the quotes I wanted written down on my notes. Uh, basically, some group called like the Federalist Society or something, which you can already kind of guess what their deal is. Uh, they're an organization of like law students primarily whose focus is to is that what is that it's a paywall breaker our, you can jump a paywall with it uh it's the most recent he, out, uh, version paywall of breaker is in as in he breaks the bank paying mr. for all those walls mr gorbachev tear down that wall mr trump <laughs> <laughs> um basically our society is the organization of uh law students whose goal is to go into law with the ideals of following like original intent for founding fathers and lawmakers which is always a dumb great idea never never interpret the law as a living thing that should be adapted and changed with over time yeah follow the same laws we originally had what's that meme of the founding fathers would be ashamed if they knew what we how society was today. Yeah, uh, you freed you what? Freed what? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they were holding some kind of rally or something. I think it's probably actually a protest against, I'm assuming, liberal colleges caring about people. I think they're known for. Yeah. Not just making money, but uh, 
a thing they're known for unless uh it, unless it's about their finances then they don't care how who they destroy right <laughs> yeah they are calling in an attack on free speech uh it was actually during march 10th in fact um ah uh, eventually, the dean defended the students in a way saying that basically here at Yale, we believe that anyone's allowed to come out and promote what their ideals are. But in the same sense, anyone's allowed to come out and tell them they're wrong or to fight against it. Right. So they did nothing wrong. They, they Protesting is a right. Cruz really um, wanted them punished for pro, like counter protesting or whatever. He wanted them punished. Speech. He that's wanted insane punishment. Yeah, that, that's fucking crazy. Uh, he is, uh, he is of course fighting that. He said, "No, that's an unacceptable response." Uh, "Quote: Instead of engaging with the panelists, a shocking number of Yale law students hurled constant insults and obscenities at them, trying to prevent them from speaking and being heard." Um, when is when has Ted Cruz ever had like? I was like a, a, a debate or discussion with someone that wasn't full of like ill intent or he wasn't like trying to get a gotcha. What has he ever had like a meaningful conversation? I've never heard Ted Cruz talking to someone and just talking. No, he's always like yelling or like, less, or like asking a stupid question about a kid's book. Yeah. Um, he, yeah. Much less having like an in-depth discussion over something they might not agree with. So yeah, I've never heard an in-depth discussion from him. Ted Cruz. <laughs> um, also, he didn't call yeah, for the punishment for MTG oh. uh, and Bim Bobert uh, when they were screaming at the State of the Union and booing and acting like frat boys at the State of the Union address. <clears throat> Where was that? Uh, right. Interruption. Where's the decorum? Uh, yeah, they didn't send a letter to Yale. We urge you to take concrete action to correct the course of Yale Law School. Uh, our nation desperately needs the next generation of attorneys, legislators, judges, and Supreme Court justices to be marked by the character and values that undergird the American legal profession and a free society. Basically, not only was he calling for the punishment of these Yale Law students, he was chastising Yale. No, he was chastising them for not for they basically he's almost upset by the sheer number uh, of students who disagree with everything. They yeah. used that initially. A shocking number of Yale law students told insults. He's chastising Yale to convince them to create more conservative students. To become more of an echo He's chamber. He's literally encouraging a stool. Exactly. Yeah. A school to, uh, what is their issue they always have? Uh, indoctrination. There it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're mad that you're indoctrinating them towards the thing we don't believe. We, we hate that you have an echo chamber that's not our echo chamber. It's never about, they always like say it's in the name of freedom <laughs> or whatever, but it's always not freedom. It's always fucking... Nazi shit. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh yeah, we're all about not freedom, really but we're also banning Nazi books. Shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
you can't uh, stop me from saying the n-word on twitter but i can stop you from reading about like the horrors of the holocaust in school <laughs> jesus yeah they're the worst yeah we can't ban dr seuss but we can uh ban martin luther king yeah that math is good yeah i'm sorry so tired of hearing. At least I don't hear about Kobe Bryant anymore. Oh, that's which still going on. let me assume that they've already like. I know what's going on. Yeah, they're just it's out of the news now, which is yeah, it's out of the I get to hear about constant Will news. Smith all day every day. Right, but yeah, no, I have a whole card on CRT when we get to human rights. <laughs> oh, yay! <laughs> yeah, yeah. This this episode is gonna get rough, but uh, <laughs> yeah, so. They, um, the Republicans hate um, freedom of speech unless it's their freedom of speech, and they hate freedom of religion unless it's their freedom of religion, and they, it's just, uh, yeah, nonstop. Uh, one of, not major, but like one of the concerns of like the, the don't say gay or whatever at Florida and everyone else is doing is that it's specifically banning, again, uh, non-heteronormative practices or beliefs, not beliefs, uh, Basically, studies in general, statements yeah. about those things. Right. Like it's, it's, it's totally inappropriate and, like they say, pedophilic even to discuss transgenderism or like, even like intersex or anything like that. But it's totally cool for like kids to see heteronormative sex on TV. Yeah. Or, or relationships uh, or talk about your, like, if a man talks yeah. about his wife that's a teacher, it's fine. But if a teacher talks about his husband, it suddenly breaks the law. Right now, that's inappropriate. Yeah, I, I love the the bit someone did was like, see, like they were gay and they're like, I've been watching hetero relationships my entire life, and I still like dick. Yep. <laughs> but you think your kid watches one gay couple kiss? They're suddenly going to be infested with the gay or transgenderism? Right. Okay, that. maybe <laughs> the uh, people saying that because of how progressive we've gotten that it's uh, leading to um, an outbreak in transgender people. And uh, like Ben Shapiro, just like two days ago, tweeted it. He was like, um, isn't it funny how all of a sudden there's all these transgender people? It's like, no, Ben, like it takes zero fucking effort to know that like when you create an environment where people feel comfortable living, that they're more comfortable expressing their actual identity rather than living their life as a lie. Um, transgender people have always been around. They just haven't <laughs> always been allowed to express that. So, um, creating a environment yeah. that's not hostile to them. Yeah. Of course, more people are going to come out because you're not fucking killing them. Why didn't they come out earlier? Oh, it's I like mean, they the were whole... killing everyone else who came out, but yeah, they should have come out anyways. <laughs> so the whole ADHD thing, like, oh, well, ADHD didn't used to exist. Like, yes, it did. We just didn't realize it existed until recently. Like uh, Mount Everest wasn't discovered <laughs> until the late 1800s, but fuck, I suppose it was there all along. And uh, it snuck up on us. Yeah, that mountain wasn't there fucking 20 years ago. Um, I personally am not gay, so gays could not be real. They're just spiting God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so going from there, um, I've got a note card for the January 6th stuff. Um, oh, this is big. January, the January 6th panel, 
um as of like yesterday or today the 10th yeah yesterday january 6th panel has enough evidence for criminal referrals for trump so they like yeah they've now deemed it time <laughs> yeah the department of justice would still have to would still have to act on that but they as an independent yeah. panel have collected enough to refer criminal charges for trump this is from cnn i remember it, you also mentioning a while back they uh something about him not knowing what a burner phone was and stuff like that oh yeah is that you i think so that sounds familiar but there's uh he was off of his phone for like seven hours that day during the uh, insurrection and they asked if he could have been using a burner phone and his uh assistant's response was that he doesn't know what burner phones are yeah despite having mentioned burner phones before right totally normal thing to say and do right it would be really nice for him to get charged and convicted with that like i don't see it happening yeah i don't know but it would the, be real cool i don't know if the department of justice is gonna take up that fucking lawsuit or that uh criminal filing uh here's some yeah. more uh that's been revealed this it's is from the guardian become real unpopular yeah uh this is from the guardian revealed trump used white house phone for call on january 6th that was not on official log Donald Trump used an official White House phone to place at least one call during the Capitol attack on January 6th last year that should have been reflected in internal presidential call log from that day, but was not, according to two sources familiar with the matter. The former president called the phone of a Republican Senator Mike Lee with the number recorded as 202-395-0000. I can't believe that they published that phone number. <laughs> um, a placeholder number. <laughs> Place, oh, okay. A placeholder number that shows up when a call is coming in from a number of White House department phones. The number corresponds to an official White House phone and the call was played. Oh, okay. So when they retrieved Mike Lee's uh, call logs for the January 6th investigation, they found that 202 number, which is a number that corresponds with an official White House landline. Um, and the call right. was placed by Donald Trump himself, which means that the call should have been recorded by the internal presidential call log that was turned over to the House Select Committee, House Select Committee investigating the Capitol attack. Trump's call to Lee was reported at the time, as well as its omission from the call log by the Washington Post and CBS. But the origin of the call is coming from an official White House phone, which has not been previously reported, raises the prospect of tampering or deletion by Trump White House officials. Um, it also appears to mark perhaps the most serious violation of the Presidential Records Act, the statute that mandates preservation of White House records pertaining to the president's official duties, by the Trump White House concerning January 6th records to date. Uh, spokesperson for Trump did not immediately respond to request for comment. Trump called Lee at 2.26 p.m. on January 6th. Uh, according to call detail records reviewed by The Guardian and confirmation by two sources who spoke under the condition of anonymity to discuss sensitive matter matters. Anonymity. Anonymity. Uh, anemonemony. The call was notable as Trump mistakenly dialed Lee, thinking it was the number for Republican Senator Tommy Tuberville. Lee passed the phone to Tuberville. That's not Trump, a real name. Tuberville, Tuberville, to Tuber, Tommy Tuber. Uh, Lee passed the phone to Tuberville. Oh, he better not be hefty. <laughs> that would be really funny. 
who told Trump Mike Pence had been removed from the Senate chamber as rioters stormed the Capitol. But Trump's call to leave was not recorded in either the presidential daily diary or the presidential call log, a problem because even though entries in the daily diary are discretionary, according to several current and former White House officials, the call log is not. So that's probably part of the criminal charges that are uh, that can be filed. Um, so that's cool, neat and different. I don't know how many crimes he's going to fucking commit in public view before one sticks. It's incredible how like how high he's, it almost feels like he's just seeing what he can get away with at this point. Yeah. Like, what else can I do? Barely hide it and like just not get in trouble for it. And speaking of outrageous and insane fucking crabs and stories, have you heard about Matt Gates and the Hunter Biden laptop? I know something happened. I don't know what happened. So this whole Hunter Biden laptop thing has been going on for a while. Um, this article is from Fox News, uh, published March 30th. Gates sends Nadler hard drive containing contents of Hunter Biden's laptop. Representative Matt Gates sent a hard drive containing the contents of the laptop to House Judiciary Committee uh, on Wednesday, one day after he requested that it be entered into congressional record. Yesterday, during the full committee hearing titled Oversight of the Federal Bureau of Investigation Cyber Division, I sought and was granted unanimous consent to submit the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop into the record of the House Committee on the Judiciary, Gates wrote in a letter to Nadler. Uh, enclosed in this letter is a hard drive copy containing the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop, which was left in the Mac shop in Wilmington, Delaware in April 2019, um, which is the most fucking insane thing ever because... The immediate question, obviously, is like, why does Matt Gates have the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop, right? Right. Um, Was this obtained legally? So that it took it, it took him over like it. a week to explain how he got his hands on the uh, hard drive. And he said basically that it was abandoned at the Mac shop. And if you leave a laptop abandoned for over 30 days, that the... Uh, owner of the uh shop can sell the laptop or like it belongs to the owner or that's, that's yeah. what it's, it belongs to the owner so he went Matt Gates went down there and even though this laptop's still not been confirmed to have this laptop has still not been confirmed to belong to Hunter Biden like with 100% surety he went down there and cloned yeah. a copy of the hard drive and then months later because this was in 2019 when he would have had to have done this, uh, you know, months later, yeah. he decided to try to sub or has submitted it to the Judi Judiciary Committee as evidence. But that's not how the fucking chain of custody works. Like he was in his personal possession of this. He could have loaded that with whatever totally he wants fine. to. Yeah. Like it's like yeah. anything in there is not admissible in a court of law because like that there's no chain of custody on that. If you wanted to, you should have. <laughs> had the FBI go in there and clone the laptop and then they hold onto it and hold a chain of custody on it. Because if you break, even for a minute, if like legally, if chain of custody is broken, um, that evidence is fucking useless. Um, and he thinks he could submit a fucking that random- That could be full of actual evidence now and he has ruined it. Yeah. Yeah, just insane. I don't know how he thought that that was fucking an acceptable course of action. Uh, He's watching much of like CSI and shit. Yeah, he thought he was doing like a big fucking like the big turn. Like I have the laptop, 
Jesus. <laughs> Your Honor waits. I have in my hand evidence that no one else has seen but me that I brought from home. Especially like the saw in this article, Gates said, I seek unanimous consent to enter to the record of this committee the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop, of which I'm in possession. Like he sounds like he's fucking stupid. It would have been not to give anyone ideas. I probably would have just released it online. I, I honestly, yeah. I just would have. I would have had like if I knew that it was there and needed to be cloned, I would have like had the FBI or NSA or whatever go clone it themselves and hold on to that cl- that clone like that needs to be untouched by a fucking political opponent. Oh yeah, but you're doing this from the perspective of like not being a corrupt child sex trafficker yeah um, yeah <laughs> you're, you're between between all of is different paying human traffickers to have sex with minors he went to delaware and cloned a laptop i mean dude's being busy yeah which you wouldn't you wouldn't think because he's fucking constantly tweeting and putting out podcast episodes and shit like ted cruz and definitely having an affair, an affair with uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh, yeah. Uh, those, all those coke-fueled orgies that we heard about from the what's-his-face, the guy that beats up trees. Uh, Holly. Hawksmore, Hawthorne, Holly. That's the name. I, I keep thinking Pierce Hawthorne. Yeah. I can't believe that guy just showed up on somebody's podcast and said that like senior Republicans invited him to Coke fueled orgies. And like, how did you think that was going to go? <laughs> I, was like, I do like seeing responses. Like, Oh, it's kind of weird seeing like true believers getting into politics now and realizing, you know, what grifters most of the old regime is. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he said. He was like, it's sort of weird how all these people who are trying to get rid of the drug problem are doing drugs that open at these orgies. And I was like, holy shit, dude. I like how we're. <laughs> you are so close to the point. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because you know that it's not the Democrats inviting this junior Republican senator to that. And they even said that. So, like, whatever, right. whatever the re- Republicans all voted against the decriminalization of marijuana. One of the Democrats that when it passed was like, you know, maybe we're not uh, the party of uh, cocaine fueled orgies, but we do believe that marijuana should be decriminalized. (laughs) 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 On the one hand, I mean, good someone for calling it out. On the other hand, he wasn't trying to call it out. Yeah, no. He wasn't even, it was funny. It seemed like he was kind of bragging about it. No more orgies for you if you're going to go fucking telling everybody. <laughs> also, never mind. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> no, I know where you're going. I could feel it. Don't say it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to let that one go. Um... <laughs> God dang it. Uh, so the next story I have uh, that has close relation to everybody's obsession with the Hunter Biden laptop. Did you hear about Jared Kushner and the Saudi crown prince. No. So everybody's talking about how corrupt it was that uh, he, Biden, Hunter Biden had something going on in the Ukraine. I've not even read all of it. It's so annoying. Yeah. Um, uh, some money, financial thing. Like, and I, it's not even that I don't 
it's not even that I don't believe it. It's that I don't care. <laughs> um, <laughs> it doesn't surprise me that upper levels of government, that people are doing shady things. Um, what does annoy me is the outright fucking uh, hypocrisy. So here we go. Yeah. Jer- Jared Kushner's PE firm secured $2 billion from Saudi Arabia. Despite objections, he was too inexperienced to manage that level of money, reports say. Um, and this is from in- Business Insider. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so he, and this was 18 hours ago. This is the story just broke that while Trump was in office, Shh. Jared Kushner received $2 billion from investments, quote unquote, from the Saudi crown prince. Um, but they have the audacity to complain about whatever tens of thousands of dollars was involved in the trade from, uh, from Hunter Biden. Yes, Christ. billion dollars in that undisclosed is... funds from Saudi Arabia. And that is the former president's son-in-law. <laughs> totally on the up and up. I definitely agree with and believe that politicians should be able to handle that kind of money. This is also the same Jared Kushner, Trump's son-in-law, who uh, stole a ton of money from the PPP loans because uh, yeah. himself and Trump were granted PPP loans. Like, I don't know how much this man's going to swindle from the American people before uh, he stopped. But um, all right, moving on. The next story I have, uh, did you see that uh, Geiger, the police officer, shot Botham Jean uh had her appeal finally her hearing i did not um so the highest how did it go uh, it's not bad news <laughs> um, okay okay i did not the state's highest criminal court rejected amber geiger's latest attempt to have her murder conviction thrown out geiger's attorneys argued that the defense strategy called mistake of fact is relevant to the former dallas police officer's case and this is fox 4 dallas Geiger claims she mistakenly entered her upstairs neighbor's apartment in 2018. Her attorneys wanted the murder conviction tossed out and a new punishment trial for a lesser charge of criminally negligent homicide. The Court of Criminal Appeals declined to review her case and upheld the 10-year prison sentence, Um, which means she's run run out of options entirely. Uh, That was the top of the line for appeals. Um, Yeah. So that's some good news. And not good news. Oh. <laughs> uh, have you heard about Cruz's inter- like introducing the bill for um, to try to regulate hospitals uh, pre-op transplant regulations? No, you're gonna hate this. Uh, I got I got physically violent, even though I was alone when I read this. I'm gonna read this. This is from Ted Cruz's website, uh, Cruz.senate.gov. U.S. Senator Ted Cruz this week introduced the Give Life Act with Senator Grassley and the Ending Discrimination in COVID-19 Treatments Act. DAS's bill is named after the teenage uh, Texan who was denied a kidney transplant because he had not been vaccinated against COVID-19. 
Um, both of these bills would ensure that Americans are not discriminated against while trying to access critical life-saving care. The Give Life Act would prohibit denying an individual from donating or receiving an organ because of their COVID-19 vaccination status and from the number of COVID-19 cases in the region being used as a factor in determining eligibility to donate or receive organ transplant. The Give Life Act would also prevent Medicare and Medicaid providers from denying services to individuals based on their COVID-19 vaccination status. The Indiscrimination in COVID-19 Treatments Act would mandate that the Department of Health and Human Services to require that providers receiving monoc... Mon I can't ever say this. Monoclonal antibodies. I can't... Why? Do you know how to say that word? Monoclonal... Mon mon monocochial? Monoclonal... Monocolial? Uh, whatever the, not the antibody the antibody treatment that's uh yeah covid treatment uh that the receiving those do not engage in discriminatory practice such as considering someone's race color religion sex national origin age religion disability vaccination status veteran status political ideology or speech when allocating the antibodies um there have been reports that states across the country are using race and ethnicity as a factor in determining whether someone is eligible to receive antibodies, which are critical life-saving therapies. Um, upon introducing the bills, Cruz said, no American, quote, no American should be denied a life-saving drug or organ because of their race, ethnicity, or COVID-19 vaccination status. That is wrong. Unfortunately, we're seeing all kinds of discrimination. My bill would prohibit the federal government from enabling this discrimination so that Americans have access to care that they need regardless of COVID-19 vaccination status or any other contrived criteria. He literally is comparing race discrimination to COVID-19 vaccine status discrimination, even though... So here's the thing with organ transplants, because organs are so rare, they have forever in the history of organ transplants had requirements for pre-operation uh, like care that you have to take. You like, like if you're getting yeah. lungs, you can't be a smoker. Um, if you're, you have to be vaccinated for everything, like you, every other vaccine that exists, you have to be vaccinated for everything to receive an organ. Um, you have to be taking certain medications in case, because like they don't want so, to give somebody an organ and then have them die immediately when it could have gone to someone who was going to survive, which is the right. point of including the COVID-19 vaccine in the new organ requirements and why that guy didn't get a kidney. That dude literally let himself die because he outright refused to get the vaccine, the COVID-19 vaccine in order to get a kidney. He was in line for a kidney. He would have gotten the kidney. But because he wouldn't get vaccinated for COVID-19, they refused to give it to him and he let himself die. And he said he was just happy to die on that hill. He was like, no, I believe I believe I'd rather die as a free man or whatever, um, which good. That's Darwinism for you. Um, I I can't believe it's, it's just like the, it's the people. It's like the military, like the there with the people that are in the military are like, no, I don't want to get a COVID-19 vaccine. Like dog, you got every vaccine. You no demand. Have... You've been slammed by vaccines for diseases that don't exist anymore. You've been slammed for vaccines for diseases that can't exist in the United States. You've been hit with vaccines for that, that are fucking a hundred years old. Like you've been hit with everything in the military. Um, right. Uh, so yeah, and it's the same thing. Like you're getting, you're getting an organ 
like they're gonna want you to not die of COVID nineteen, and Matt, like, especially because whenever you receive a new organ, your immune system is fucking garbage immediately afterwards. Right. So like you would be more prone to dying if you caught COVID nineteen um, after receiving an organ. Uh, How dare you want me want someone to not die immediately if something very preventable? How dare you? Yeah. How dare you let them? not let them die with a good organ in them that could have gone to somebody else. Um, and I just, the fa- oh, the fact that he said that the, nobody should be discriminated against for race, ethnicity, or COVID-19 vaccine status. Like one of these things is not like yeah. the others. Um, you stupid fuck. Especially um, when you know he doesn't give a shit about two of those. Yeah. Yeah. He just threw it out there to sound woke as it were. Yeah. Uh, well, to make any arguments against him, selling they're arguing for that, right? It's just like the K through three thing, like, oh, so you want yeah. people to get discriminated against for their yeah. race and ethnicity? Oh, I thought that you weren't racist. Um, that's it's insane, it is insane that uh, he's doing this. Like, I guess what's insane to me with, with this level of commitment to the bit is that, like. They don't have to go this far. I know that they don't believe the shit that they're doing. We all know that they're playing fucking theater uh, with faux outrage yeah, and the, shit. They've been like bitching and moaning about discrimination against the non-vaccinated since COVID started. Yeah, that's been not. You don't have to, you go, have this to far go the extra mile to introduce this bill. To, to and that's the other thing. So I love that Republicans act like they're small for small government and that Democrats want to control every aspect of your lives, but then they want power over every single thing. Like they want to tell the Department of Health and Human Services to force hospitals to not consider vaccine statuses for transplants, which is something that's like fucking, st- they want to tell the military that the, how that was a lawsuit that recently got settled because uh, I think the Supreme Court upheld the military standard because the some Navy SEALs wanted to be able to be dispatched or whatever uh, without um, a COVID-19 vaccine. And they said, the, the Navy said no. And uh, they sued the U.S. Navy. And the U- I, I want to say it's the Supreme Court that upheld the Navy's right to its own practices. I was like, you're, the Republicans are even trying to get the fucking, like to shut down the military over their own political views. And the, mil- the military is their baby. They're the ones spending fucking $60 trillion a year on it. And like- uh, No, the military's woke now. They let women in and pregnant women. Yeah. Unlike that good old Russian government, like Tucker always is a big fan of. Right. Oh, I guess oh, he's yeah. not anymore. Which is super funny. <laughs> well, I mean, he still is actually. He, I want to yeah. say that they're still oh, airing right. Tucker on RT um, <laughs> to prove that the United States is actually in support of the Russian invasion. Um, and uh, yeah, that's fun. That Jesus. Uh, this is say. Oh, and also, they're using Tucker because so we like because we put bio labs are for everything from vaccine research to uh bioweapons research like just saying yeah. something's a bio lab doesn't necessarily mean anything because that could be anything going on in there like, literally cdc containment centers are bio labs uh like yeah vaccine researches are bio labs um and so anyway the, the whole russian propaganda that well it was tucker first who started the whole i got some bio labs in my sock drawer yeah 
Come, come joke. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the whole Tucker saying that there's a uh, bio labs in the Ukraine that the U S funded uh, because they want to do the Hillary Clinton scare tactic because the Clintons were associated with it. That well, yeah, they're vaccine research centers. Um, but the whole calling them bio labs thing that Tucker pushed is why Russia is now winning their propaganda war for their own people's approval because, Oh, well, if they're doing bio labs, maybe they're going to attack us with bio weapons and stuff. And it's not even yeah. like, yeah. <clears throat> it's some uh, WNDs in the Iraq situation. Right. Except for the Tucker gave yeah. Russia the, like Russia was losing the propaganda fight and then Tucker gave them fuel to fucking rekindle for no reason. Which has got me to thinking like, I don't even feel like there's anything to gain from that. Like, I feel like these people are just driving us to our end. Like their end game is extinction because like, yeah, I was supposed to kind of like they're chumming the water to see what sticks. Like, I'm just going to throw out some misinformation to see what, see what gets me where I need to go. But throwing out misinformation like, uh, to Russia's benefit is like, like, what do they have to gain from that at Fox? I mean, I don't know. Because I... Because, like, th- there's got to be, if it's money, there's got to be better ways to make money. There's got to be better ways to dunk on the Clintons than that. There's got like, like there's got, there's nothing tangible that anybody could have that I feel is worth what he's doing for it. Other than just like him trying to drive us to fucking extinction. That's the accelerationism maybe. Yeah. Like, because it, 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 that's that's all it feels like. He knows the power and influence he holds over his audience. So like, it feels like he's just antagonizing to like cause some large scale war in the United States, right? Which I don't know what he benefits yeah. from that for either, because he's a little guy. I was gonna say, unless he's heavily invested in like in arms or weapons manufacturing, which he likely is, probably. But uh, isn't Russia known for its massive oil reserves? Well, yeah, but we cut off their uh, oil. Everyone cut off their oil, except yeah. for China, who is now trading under a different currency than the U.S. And that people are saying marks the be- the beginning of the end of the U.S. dollar's stranglehold on the world economy. Because the do- the only reason that the dollar is the precedent for every other currency is because of oil. And so, right. if Russia trades with China under a different currency that uh undermines the u.s dollars uh like top of the currency list status yeah um so we bury in in our lifetimes we'll see probably see the u.s dollar fall to uh just fucking any other currency and not oh and new money with less presidents on it I think money should have like rando dudes on it. This is just a guy, Kyle. It's Kyle, (laughs) (laughs) or like animals. Yeah. Oh, animals. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck people. That makes way more sense. Put a bear on the hundred dollar bill. Oh my god. (laughs) Squirrels on the one. Oh, we'd have such cooler slang instead of like a fiver or like. Show me the Benjamins. I need uh, give me some, I need a couple of bear bears. claws. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a bushel of bears. 
racks on racks on racks make more sense because it'd Give be me that deer. grizzly yeah, racks of antlers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I trade in that Ursus Minor, Ursus Major, Ursus Ursus, or just Octos, Arctos, one of those. <laughs> yes. So much slang. Oh my god, there could be a beaver oh, on one. Oh, and all five. Of them, it would revolutionize rap music. <laughs> all oh of the different fucking use, slang for currency. um oh so my next story the main story the biggest story that i want to talk about um have you heard anything about the five fetuses found in that uh anti-abortion activist house i've seen stuff online i skimmed the article you sent me that is insane and they actually had, wasn't it a much higher 115 number? 115 fetuses inside the house. So is, I'm just going to say it too many fetuses. Yeah, I would, I would definitely say that of all the. Not, not a doctor or whatever field of study doing fetuses. Eth- ethicist. I'm not an ethicist on yeah. how many fucking yeah. fetal or aborted fetuses you should have in your freezer, but uh, 115 is not the number. That's far yeah. greater than the, the allowable, socially allowable number of fetuses. <laughs> um, so I'm going to start with the New York Times talking about that specifically. Anti-abortion activists say they were allowed to take 115 fetuses. A medical waste disposal company. Yeah. A medical, which has been vehemently denied by the medical waste uh, company. Um, A medical waste disposal company denied their account. Most of the fetuses were buried in secret, the activist said, but they kept five that were later removed by the police in Washington, D.C. Okay, so there's only five in the house. They had a total of 115, but they buried all the five because they're psychos. Anti-abortion activists claimed on Tuesday that five fetuses that were removed from the apartment in Washington last week had been in a box containing a total of 115 that the driver of a medical waste truck voluntarily allowed them to take from his dolly outside of an abortion clinic, Um, (laughs) which this is not. These fell off the truck, I promise. Again, yeah, this is not how uh, disposal of medical waste occurs. Uh, (laughs) So this story is just insane. The driver's employer, Curtis Bay Medical Waste Services denied their account and added that it's that the use of its services to dispose of fetuses was against company policies. There's no way there was fetuses getting loaded into their trucks. Um, And that's because uh, the policy for uh, fetus disposal is they so they harvest the viable organs for science research uh, or any Mm -hmm. viable uh, stem cells, anything that, that contains yeah. stem cells or whatever that they can send to science facilities, which, you know, basically destroys like what would resemble the body. Um, mm-hmm. And then what's left is incinerated. Um, and so there's no way that without breaking in and stealing this medical waste, did they get their hands on uh, no, they, they toss them in a bucket. Steven from janitorial yeah, from a dumpster. A yeah, they were just dumpster diving. Just like in, uh, we all saw Fight Club, right? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. 
plastic baggies of fat from yeah. dumpsters. That was that only guarded totally... by like the, the barbed wire. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have a fence. Yeah. In our defense. Uh, <laughs> it was the latest turn of investigation that burst into the public view last Wednesday, the same day that Lauren Handy, 28, an anti-abortion activist, was arrested and charged along with eight others with illegally blocking access to a Washington abortion clinic in 2020. Uh, separately from that federal investigation, the Metropolitan Police in Washington, D.C. say that they had removed five fetuses from an apartment where Miss Handy said she lived, prompting questions about where they came from and why she had them. And on the New York Times' behalf, I'm going to throw the fuck word in there. Why the fuck she had them? <laughs> um, at a news conference oh on Tuesday, Ms. Handy, the director of the activism group called Progressive Anti-Abortion Uprising, along with the group's founder and executive director and the founder of the anti-abortion group Operation Rescue, sought to answer those questions. They claimed that Ms. Handy and Ms. Bach whatever had gone to the washington surgery clinic to protest abortions on march 25th when they happened upon curtis bay driver who was loading boxes outside they told him there were dead babies inside they said and asked him if they would get in trouble if they took one of the boxes when asked what they planned to do with it they promised a proper burial he said okay and gestured towards his dolly miss handy grabbed all the boxes and took it back to her apartment the two women said that a roman catholic priest said mass and that they were reading aloud names that they gave the fetuses before 110 of them were buried with a priest present at a location they declined to disclose. They said their lawyer then contacted Washington police to pick up the five remaining ones, which the activists said they considered evidence of violation of federal laws, including the Partial Birth Abortion Ban Act, which banned certain methods to terminate pregnancies starting at 12 weeks. At the news conference, they showed pictures of the Curtis Bay truck and the box with the company's name, as well as a graphic video of what they described as Miss Handy opening the box at the apartment, an unboxing video. Oh my God, no. (laughs) Pro-life Americans will not stay silent in the face of such aggressive and barbarous violence, uh, said Miss Bachvinak, who identified herself as an atheist and a leftist. Curtis Bay denied the activist claims. On March 25th, a Curtis Bay employee took into custody of three packages from the Washington Surgery Center and delivered them all to Curtis Bay's incineration facility. The company said in a statement that the driver did not hand the packages over to a protester or anyone else. Any allegations made otherwise are false. The company, which said it was cooperating with police, added that its client agreements prohibit customers from disposing of fetuses and human remains using its services. The Washington Surgery Clinic referred questions to the National Abortion Federation, which said that the providers comply with state and federal laws on the handling of such issues. Anti-abortion individuals and groups are increasingly resorting to extreme and illegal antics in an attempt to intimidate clinic workers. Uh, Said the groups were making false claims to encourage medically unnecessary and potentially motivated legislative restrictions and push for safe and uh, to push safe and affordable abortion care out of reach. Like, so these women were already that 2020 incident, they were, they're already being tried with a felony of, uh, that the obstructing a health clinic. Um, yeah. The, so they're already known for breaking in cause they broke in to obstruct the entry. Um, so they're already known for breaking into abortion facilities. And when that case goes through, they can face up to 11 years in prison, three years supervised release afterwards, and fines up to $350,000 for the felonies they're facing. Um, 
and uh, yeah, so she was asking, and then I, let's see if I've got that in another article. The Metropolitan Police Department told Jezebel that the, Jezebel's the uh, who this uh, article is from. Jezebel yeah. that it had received a tip about the biohazard material in an apartment on the 400 block of Sixth Street in Capitol Hill. The medical examiner collected the material on March 30th, and the next day, police confirmed that what they'd collected were fetuses. Also last week, the Department of Justice announced that Handy and eight others were facing federal charges for blocking the Washington Surgery Clinic in October of 2020. Uh, after news of the five fetuses got out, uh, PAAU said in a statement that one of the federal defendants arranged for DC police to pick up the evidence and posted a photo of a letter from an attorney informing the police of the existence of the fetuses the group characterized the people who removed the fetuses as whistleblowers. Uh, skeptical people might look at this information and think, huh, they called a tip in on themselves and used the term whistleblower and hyped up forthcoming press conferences. Sounds a lot like what Jacob Wall did and James O'Keefe are known for doing. Uh, here are a couple pieces of information that skeptical people may find interesting. They have ties to the discredited Center for Medical Progress. Jezebel obtained a full text of the letter sent to the MPD by a right-wing lawyer named Stephen Cooley, who told Jezebel by email that he isn't representing either Handy or the PAAU in this case. Cooley previously represented David DeLayden and the Center for Medical Progress in legal proceedings stemming from the group's July 2015 release of the surreptitiously filmed and deceptively edited videos of conversations with Planned Parenthood employees. CMP tried to smear the organization as selling baby body parts, when in fact they were facilitating the transfer of donated fetal tissue to medical researchers. CMP's video generated a firestorm of coverage and in November 2015, a man who shot up a Colorado Planned Parenthood health center, killing three and wounding nine, muttered no more dead baby parts to investigators. Um, yeah, so that whole selling dead baby parts thing, I had forgot about that, that that was like, an intentionally poorly edited secret film that was actually, they were posing as medical research buyers and not just random people who wanted to buy body parts. Yeah. Um, a reporter at the press conference asked if PAAU had video of the alleged exchange with the Curtis Bay driver, and they said that they did not. Another reporter read the company's statement and asked for them to respond. And she said the driver had already scanned the boxes before because like all the boxes that he picked up were accounted for on their uh, records. Yeah. Uh, she said that they had scanned the driver had scanned the boxes before they approached him. She added, I'm not sure if Curtis Bay is lying or simply already scanned them in. So they're accounting for them. It's definitely possible that they don't know what was inside the box. It's possible that the doctor was in violation of his contract with Curtis Bay by putting the fetuses in this box. But one of them is definitely in the wrong and one of them needs to be held accountable. Uh, this is not how the chain of custody works for evidence. No one can prove where the fetuses came from. And Curtis Bay disputes that they came from the clinic. It's like Matt Gates entering in Hunter Biden's laptop into the congressional record. Uh, <laughs> right. And that's like, that's in the evidence I was keeping in my closet. I had in my house. Don't worry. <laughs> I had a sandwich that day. So I had a Ziploc bag on me. Brought it home. Yeah. I rinsed it out first. We're fine. Um, and here's the here's the important part that I wanted to get to. Another reporter I, I like this because this leads into the next part where um, one of our favorite politicians steps in on this uh, story. Um, another reporter asked PAU how they knew that the abortions weren't done to save the life of a pregnant woman, which is the allowed exception under the 2003 DNX ban. 
We don't know, which is exactly why we contacted the police asking them for an autopsy, she said, ignoring that conducting an autopsy on a fetus would not indicate the presence of health problems in a pregnant person. Um, Ashton Benedict, MPD's executive assistant chief of police, said in a press conference last week that those fetuses were that. So I'm going to slow down. Ashton Benedict, MPD's executive assistant chief of police, said in a press conference last week that, quote, those fetuses were aborted in accordance with DC law, and we are not investigating this incident along those lines. There does not seem to be anything criminal in the nature of these abortions right now that we know about, except for how they got into this house. So we'll continue to look into that. Um, which I'm going to pause there. The article goes on, but I want to pause there and move to Ted Cruz's tweet yesterday. Here we have him sharing the Fox News article, uh, stroking himself. Ted Cruz asked DC to conduct autopsy on remains of five unborn fetuses found in the home, uh, in home near Capitol. So again, yeah. So again, we have the, those fetuses were aborted in accordance with DC law said the assistant chief of police for the police department. Um, we're not investigating this incident along those lines. There doesn't seem to be anything criminal in that nature right now, except for how they got into the house. And we'll continue to look into that. And then we've got Ted Cruz demanding there be uh, autopsies anyways. And he's asking for that for political cloud, I assume, because they already said that you wouldn't be able to tell if the mother's life was in danger by autopsying the autopsy right yeah fetuses what so are they all there is a speculation there's no way to tell uh so i don't understand why he even felt the need to chime in there except for the attention right yeah that's that's literally it it, um, it has perfect buzzwords for them basically yeah autopsies fetuses um all right <clears throat> so i've got two sections left texas v california and then human rights <laughs> god uh, which one's more fun let me let me look uh, neither <laughs> okay yeah um, i've only got one card uh, under texas v california so i guess i'll just knock that out and then we'll hit human rights last gotcha all right so this article the article originally is from yahoo news but they what i want from it is the data that they cite from a more credible source um right and so they uh i'm gonna pull up this map so that we can take a look so this one it talks about so like the article talks about how the problem between the conflicts with uh red and blue states is that everybody says that blue states or republicans say blue states are more violent more guns more drugs blah 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 yeah. uh, more homelessness all that but um as we can see here the this outlines the murder trends recently in red states and uh in all but it looks like alaska they've been spiking uh by insane amounts uh the rate of murders in the U.S. has gone up at an alarming rate, but despite media narrative to the contrary, this is a problem that affects the Republican-run cities and states as much more than the Democratic bastions. In 2020, per capita murder rates were 40% higher in states won by Donald Trump than those won by Joe Biden. Eight of the 10 states with the highest murder rates in 2020 voted for the Republican presidential nominee in every election this century. 
Jesus um, Christ. Yeah. Let's see. Is there a Trump voting states account for eight of the 10 highest murder rates in 2020? If you've tuned into the media, you'd think that the murder is skyrocketing in New York, California, Illinois, but those states don't even crack the top 10. In fact, the top per capita <laughs> murder rate in murder rate states in 2020 were mostly those far from massive urban centers and Democratic mayors and governors. Eight of the top 10 worst murder rate states voted for Trump in 2020. None of those eight has supported a Democrat since 1996. The chart shows the top 10 murder rates in 2020. Mississippi with the highest. We've got a 20.5 per capita murder rate in Mississippi, a 15.79 in Louisiana, 14.3 in Kentucky, 14.2 in Alabama, 14 in Missouri, 10.7 in South Carolina, 10.7 in New Mexico, 10.5 in Georgia, 10.29 in Arkansas, 9.9 in Tennessee. So I guess Texas didn't even make that top 10 list, but... Um, Never good enough. Yeah, despite trying their best. <laughs> um, and this plays into the whole... Wait, where is this? New York had 4.11 per capita, and California had 5.5 per capita. So, yeah, the... Uh, that's, that's fun. Um, I'll just say it's funny because, like, the whole narrative around um, not just, like, blue states having more violence or gun violence and stuff like that, but also just the whole, like, um, Republicans acting like they've solved all their problems in their state by existing. Right. Um, and also, oh, also the recent thing, like, Republicans saying that uh, – is actually played into so i'm gonna stop share the uh recently i saw jim jordan tweet out that um they had uh oh he said make cities safer um again or whatever and i looked at the data because well i already knew the data from criminology that since 1996 uh violent crime has plummeted every single right. year it has dropped by significant margins every single year since like nine or it was like 1989 or no 1992 uh every year since then it's just dropped um and there's a lot criminologically that factors into why those rates have decreased um one of the things people are saying like includes like we took the why are you gonna sit there and stare at me you're just cast just came into the room she's been staring at me for the last couple seconds i didn't know if you're to her or jacks honestly (laughs) no jacks is staying at my dad's for right now um anyway so one of the reasons that they've cited for like decreasing crime um that holds weight surprisingly is the lead and gasoline previously previous Mm -hmm. to like 19 89 or something like that that the high contact with leaded gasoline actually fucked up a lot of people's brains and caused violent not only violent crime but also uh there's speculation that that's why we're in the position we're in today with so many fucking stupid older people yeah Um, a lot of lead-based decisions got made yeah yeah and uh yeah so with the removal of lead from gasoline also with the increase in like human services uh in like inner cities with the increase of like just general care 
from the government for poor people and stuff like the crime crime yeah. like there's a lot of reasons that crime has gone down um specifically well, violent like, crime. just like the arguments for like abolition and stuff it isn't just like closing down prisons it's providing services for people that removes the need or even like desire for crime like right. you're gonna see a reduction in homicide when there's mental care is considered a real thing and not just a reason that hose down your neighbor right your watch loads yeah so in 2020 that was the first time since the 1980s that violent crime upticked and it upticked by a lot um like still nowhere near the rates it was at in the 1990s by yeah you're not going to reverse a like a 15 years of like dropping crime rates in one year but um you know Republicans, of course, being the disingenuous fucks that they are, decided that uh, they're blaming Biden's winning the election, even though he didn't take office until 2021 and the violence upticked in 2020. It's not Trump's fault either. I mean, not inherently. Uh, right. The We had a global pandemic going on where people uh, started getting like the stir sickness, like we saw an uptick in domestic violence because people were locked inside with their families all day. We saw an increase yeah. in violent crime um, as far as the, because this is all from FBI statistics. So we saw an increase in quote unquote violent crimes from uh, the riots. We had a fucking uprising that happened in the summer of 2020. And sure. um, yeah. Oh yeah. So Republicans have been blaming Biden for the uptick in violence and Jim Jordan had the audacity to say make cities safe again, but in order to go back to a position where cities were safer, because they're they're still infinitely safer than they were in the 1990s, early 1990s, right. late 1980s, you'd have to go back to the 1970s when there just wasn't as many people around to have like cities <laughs> safer than they are now. And then to add to that, it's funny that a Republican should be saying that when, uh, it's Republican states where violent crimes have risen the most. So oh democratic God. strongholds aren't rising in violent crime. So literally a problem caused, caused by his own constituents uh, is, is contributing to it. And he's complaining and blaming Biden. Um, yeah, that's what I would do. Yeah. And uh, let's see. If I ever poop on the floor of my house, blame the dog. Right. The dog being Biden. <laughs> yep. Biden's my bitch. So, oh, for the first time, I have a new a news article that is actually a floor or a Texas California rivalry. Because <laughs> up to now, the rivalry has existed only in the Texans' minds. But LA County has banned official travel to Florida and Texas over LGBTQ policies. Um, so Officials said the policies and legislations of the GOP-led states were driven by transphobia and homophobia. So the LA County Board of Supervisors voted April 5th to suspend all travel for county-related business to Florida and Texas. Supervisors cited the February order by Greg Abbott directing the state to investigate reports of gender-affirming treatment as potential child abuse. Uh, to be clear, this directive is not about protecting trans kids. It's about denying their existence and cutting off access to life-saving treatment. In the motion, the board said it included Florida because of the parental rights and education legislation known by critics as the Don't Say Gay Bill that was signed into law last month by Ron DeSantis. The law does not allow for classroom instruction on sexual orientation or gender identity between K and third, quote, 
or in manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students. Um, that's that. That's the official wording for that caveat we mentioned yeah. earlier. Well, LA County agenda item said the law would perpetuate a culture of bullying, secrecy, shame, and fear. The kind of school environment imagined in this legislation is one that is not one that is not uncomfortable and safe, unwelcoming, and toxic for all students and staff alike, particularly those who identify as LGBTQ. The motion said. Officials in Texas did not Im immediately respond to a request for comment. In an email Monday, DeSantis Press Secretary Christina Pushaw called the LA County decision political and said that the governor's office isn't worried about any economic, economic impact from the ban. She said Florida saw more visitors in the second half of 2021 than during the same time pre-pandemic. Quote, the woke bureaucrats running LA County are shooting themselves in the foot with their potential grandstanding or political grandstanding. This misguided policy yeah. is a punishment for LA employees, not for Florida. Uh, the travel ban will be lifted if the Florida law or Texas law is suspended, the county agenda item said. Um, which doesn't really help. It is, it is to be fair, grandstanding. Um, because having banning official travel to those states, like, I don't really know how much official travel LA County officials or LA County really does. Right. Um, <clears throat> my favorite response though, was from one of the senators in Florida who said, uh, it's actually for the best for Floridians because they're protected from the grooming LA County Democrats. And I'm like, guys are really just going to call everyone a pedophile now. Like, it's, that's cute really <laughs> diminish the value of the word so that, that pe real pedophiles aren't like shamed yeah. <laughs> well we gave them space to hide because they're all, all republicans um in better california news uh unrelated to texas the city of los angeles has agreed to provide thousands of permanent beds for homeless in a crisis lawsuit settlement City of Los Angeles has agreed, this is CNN, CNN uh, the City of Los Angeles has agreed to provide thousands of permanent beds for members of the unsheltered population, ending one part of a years-long battle with LA Alliance for Human Rights over the homelessness crisis. The Alliance, a group of residents, business owners, and community leaders, sued the city and the county of Los Angeles in March of 2020 to address the death and devastation in our streets. Um, said Elizabeth Mitchell, the lead counsel for Alliance for the Alliance during a Friday news conference. Uh, the suit alleged the city and county neglected their responsibilities and were investing resources in approaches that were too slow to solve the problem. It called for providing services for the homeless population, including training, healthcare, and shelter in a faster time frame. But the agreed upon settlement terms do not address the issue holistically, Michelle Mitchell said. The Alliance's case against the county continues as they were not part of the settlement. And Mitchell said, we, can, we will not stop working tirelessly to hold them accountable. This is not just a skid row problem, uh, Mitchell said, referring to the downtown Los Angeles area that's home to one of the nation's largest concentrations of homeless people. I like to add that that's actually one of the world's, uh, like that neighborhood, the skid row area of Los Angeles is one of the yeah. wor world's most impoverished areas. Um, yeah. So in the settlement, the city America, agreed. greatest nation in the world. <laughs> oh yeah, and Skid Row is like it's like evil what they did there. They just decided as a social experiment to dump 
all of their homeless people in that one like 16 block radius and then at night yeah. the, the police were actually putting up barriers to contain them inside of that area at night um and so basically Jeez. their their thoughts were like if we concentrate all the crime and and poverty in one place then the rest of us can be happy um yeah, and the, the math works yeah it's it didn't fine. it didn't work um all it did yes. was create some of the most horrific conditions in that area but like it's not like that solved los angeles's fucking crisis um and now there are no more homeless people anywhere other the than end. inside the big fucking neighborhood we imprison them in um yeah that I, one that one exception yeah other than that one spot just don't go down there yeah, so in the settlement, the city agreed to create shelter and or housing over the next five years to accommodate 60% of people experiencing homelessness in the city who do not have serious mental illnesses and are not chronically homeless with substance use disorders or chronic physical illness. So there's the basically the people who are financially down and out, um, the people who have chronic issues with homelessness need a greater level of care to bring them out of poverty than just housing. Right. So the shelters will provide accommodations for 60% of LA's homeless that are not chronically mentally ill over the next five yeah. years, which is huge. Um, that, is, yeah, that is definitely good. It's better than going the Texas route and just making it illegal to be homeless and saying, look, we don't have any homeless people because they're all inmates and not homeless. Um, the every time that I hear any Texas official comment on the homelessness in California, I'm like, really? Like you're let's talk about the prison population in Texas then. Um you mean our strong economy? Yeah, the backbone, jobs. The backbone of the not only do they create jobs, but they also create centralized Slave labor and and political power because all of those people count in the census they don't get to vote but their heads count in the census for how much representation those areas get that's make it as slavey as possible (laughs) um yeah so that's all i've got for the states so human rights is where we're going next um it started my my human rights section starts with the florida bill and the tennessee bill so we've already covered that okay gotcha all right uh, so the NCAA swimming is the next card I have. Um, first, I've got an article from The Independent that I'm going to read from. Gotcha. Uh, critics accuse trans swimming star Leah Thomas of having an unfair advantage. The data tells a different story. Uh, what What's up? Oh, uh, is this the gal who won like a single competition? And then lost and the now- next one. Yeah. And Republicans lost their fucking mind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on the yeah, 17th yeah, of on. March, Leah Thomas became the first openly transgender athlete to win America's top trophy in university sports when she swam to victory in the women's 500-yard freestyle race. <clears throat> Miss Thomas, 22, won first place in the National Collegiate Athlete, Athlete Athletic Association First Division Swimming Championship, her final competition as a college athlete. Amid her success, though, Ms. Thomas has become a lightning rod in the debate about trans women in sports, as well as a target for much of the American right. Her right to compete in women's races and sometimes her gender itself has been attacked by sports stars, 
politicians, activists, and her competitors, and even some of her teammates' parents, as well as protesters at the NCAA championship last week who argued that her time living as a man gives her an unfair advantage. Florida's governor, Ron DeSantis, who last year approved legislation banning trans women from high school and college sports, even signed a proclamation on Tuesday declaring the 500-yard runner-up Emma Wyatt the rightful winner. Um, and he's not the only one to do that, like, which is, I'll, I'm going to get more into this in a little bit, but it's just fucking insane that Republicans think that they have the fucking right or that these proclamations mean anything, like, fuck off. Yet in all this, there has been scant detail about how Miss Thomas' performance actually compares to other women at her level. The Independent crunched the numbers and found little evidence that she poses any threat to women's sports. How hormone therapy transforms trans athletes' bodies. Miss Thomas began swimming at the age of five and came out to her family in the summer of 2018. She began to use her new name, Leah Catherine Thomas, on New Year's Day in 2020. In a way, it was sort of a rebirth, she told Sports Illustrated in an interview this year. For the first time in my life, feeling fully connected to my name and who I am living and who I am and living who I am. It was May, 2019, when she began gender affirming hormone treat replacement therapy, which involves taking supplements of estrogen or testosterone to bring a trans person's hormones in line with that of a cisgender or non-transgender person. This is usually the first step in what's known as medical transition, as opposed to social transition, such as changing how you dress. Men and women typically have naturally different hormone balances, although there is much variation within each sex. As we know, those hormones cause our bodies to develop in different ways, which is why male athletes tend to perform at higher levels than female athletes. However, our bodies still retain the capacity to respond to new hormones in adulthood, so HRT causes radical changes in a person's secondary sex characteristics. For trans women, that means growing breasts, thinning body hair, changes to emotions, shifting body fat to an hourglass shape, and most relevantly to sports, drops in muscle mass and strength. Both the NCAA and the Olympics allow trans women to compete in sporting events once they have been on HRT for a certain length of time. And as long as the tests show their testosterone is below certain levels. There are different rules for trans men because their pre-HRT performance is similar to cis women, and they tend to gain strength and muscle mass from HRT. Opponents of trans women's inclusion argue that these changes are not enough to erase the natural advantages of growing up with testosterone. The scientific evidence is mixed and post HRT trans women do not currently dominate any professional sport. Ms. Thomas skipped the 2020-2021 swimming season and so she has now been on HRT for nearly three years. According to Sports Illustrated, she lost strength at an inch of her height on HRT, making it impossible for for her to match her previous performances. Um, So how does she perform as a swimmer today? Uh, Thomas won her race, but didn't break any records. Let's first look at Ms. Thomas's record with the NCAA. While some of her fastest times have been in other competitions, these are the easiest results to access and compare across multiple years and athletes. All statistics in this article are for short course yards races, meaning they were for, done for in a 25-yard pool. Uh, Ms. Thomas won women's 500-yard freestyle race in uh, 4 minutes, 33.24 seconds. She came fifth in the 200-yard race with 1 minute, 43.4 seconds, and eighth in the 100-yard race with 48.4 seconds. Uh, these were impressive results, but they weren't record-breaking. Although the overall competition saw 27 all-time NCAA records broken, Ms. Thomas' times weren't among any of them. 
A whopping 18 of those were broken by Kate Douglas of the University of Virginia, who now has the fastest time in U.S. college history in the 50-yard freestyle and 100-yard butterfly stroke and 200-yard breaststroke. It is easy to see how dominant Kate Douglas has become in the sport, wrote Swimming World. Many dominant swimmers have had three titles and even three records in one meet, but no swimmer in NCAA women's history has ever won three different strokes in a single meet that involved breaststroke, let alone three records. Other records were broken by Catherine Burkoff, University or North Carolina State University, and Alex Walsh of UVA, as well as UVA's medley team in several events. According to an independent research of women's records listed by USA Swimming, the U.S. National Governing Body for Sports, Ms. Thomas's 500-yard time makes her the 15th fastest college swimmer, about nine seconds behind uh, the record in 2017. Yeah. Uh, her swimming times are on par with cis women. How do these times compare or how do these times compare to other women in the top ranks of U.S. college swimming? The independent compiled a data set of swim times for the top eight NCAA swimming women's finishers over the last six years of competition in various events. 2020 was excluded because all NCAA championships were canceled that year. In other words, the data only includes the absolute best college swimmers in these events. It goes back far enough to cover Katie Ledecky's four minute, 24 second record and the 500 yard race record. Um, previous to that, uh, in this field, Miss Thomas's time in the 500 yard is the eighth fastest out of 56. That is notable because there are only seven events in the data set, meaning that there are some where her time would have only placed her third. In the 100 yard race, her time is 55th out of 56. In the 200 yard race, it's uh, 31st out of five. Her 500 oh yard time, yeah, her 500 yard time is just above average. Her her 500 yard time is four minutes 33.24 seconds. The average is four minutes 36.07 seconds, while her 100 yard time is 48 seconds below the average. Uh, or no, it's 48 seconds, which is just below the average of 47.06. Uh, According to a search of USA swimming records in the last season where Ms. Thomas competed in men's events, she came in ninth across the entire country in the thousand yard freestyle and 29th in the 1650 yard freestyle. Um, Leah Thomas was an elite and competitive swimmer while on the men's team at university of Pennsylvania. Uh, event would have had Leah in the top 30 to 34 in the country, right on top, right on the bubble of making NCAAs. Um, it's basically like they're, they're comparing her placement, which she competed before she was in the 556 range or whatever of, uh, yeah. short distance swimming or yeah, short distance swimming, but long distance swimming was her competition in men's sports. Um, but I also saw this, it's not in this article. I was looking for it. I also saw that immediately following her transition that she lost, significant amounts of time that she had to build back over years on her swimming right. records um because of the loss of an inch in height and body mass and stuff um yeah that so like the other like key part of that is that both the olympics and the ncaa who allow trans athletes to compete not only is there criteria for how long they have to have been on hrt but they also have to do biological testing to make sure that they don't have an, like too much testosterone 
Um, it still feels pretty. I don't know. Well, that it's not unique to trans people though, because there was okay. Uh, there was uh, yeah, cis people have to do it as well because I remember there being a cis woman who couldn't was disqualified from a competition because she naturally had too much testosterone for i mean that goes never mind i take it back that's still kind of weird i'm not a fan of it it's weird but it's not like targeted at trans people um because that's the thing about like this whole conversation is that gender is such a like we touched on this with the whole peterson episodes gender has such a wide spectrum um you know there are masculine women and there are feminine men whose bodies produce different levels of hormones than that of the average so like just to try to talk about testosterone being like a indicator of performance is like insane and to assume that a trans person's testosterone is going to be at a weirdly high level is also like stupid because they're testing for that um So, and also like the whole thing about the professional and college athletes where they're like, oh, well, these men who are bad at their sports just want to transition so they could be good at women's sports. But like women's sports are notoriously shitty as far as like pay and like coverage. (laughs) And like, why would anyone want to go to women's sports where like women are notoriously mistreated in their sporting event? Like, uh, yeah. It's such a weird argument. Um, That's... They're making it up. First off, it's a made-up person. They're making up a guy to, to use as a scapegoat. It's a, it's a hypothetical. Has there been any evidence that this is a thing? That what? That people are transitioning to compete oh, in no. other sports? No, no. That's yeah. that's yeah. just like the whole like uh, welfare queen thing. Like, There's no evidence of any of the fucking boogeymen that they make up. Um it's just like there's been no evidence of any trans people going into a bathroom and uh, and like assaulting children. Um, yeah. the, the whole all when of in reality is the very opposite. Like, yeah, it's Republican. It's cisgendered Republican men assaulting kids in bathrooms. Um, but yeah, and so then I've got so this ties back to what we were just talking about with the uh, crews wanting to regulate organ transplant pre-op regulations so we've got both the governor of florida and then also representative bim bobert um (laughs) i she's she's i don't know if you follow her but she or if you follow any of them but she's as bad as uh marjorie taylor green is lauren bobert um Uh, yeah no i've i've seen it yeah, so I've got a tweet from her right here. I've had enough of the woke foolishness. I'm leading the House resolution to declare Emma Wyant the winner of the NCAA women's 500-yard freestyle swim. You cannot be a man and win a women's swimming race. I'm like, I don't know where the fuck these people get off thinking that they can politically make an assess. Like, what the f- what does this House resolution do? It's just a fucking circle jerk you're like the republicans jim jordan's like oh we have better things to do than uh, legalize marijuana but they're she's got a house resolution she wants voted on to declare someone else the winner they want to be like governmentally in control of the outcome of collegiate sports like um actually my mom said that you cheated so it's i won actually yeah my uh the 
crazy Republican lady signed a house resolution that said that I won. So your physical beating me in this competition doesn't count because uh, uh, Ron DeSantis and Lauren Bobbert uh, said I won. And like, yeah, again, the party of small government that says so that Democrats want to control your life, want to control everything from and from collegiate sports to hospital transplant regulations um, to military regulations. Like they, they just want to be in control of everybody's fucking lives and then act like it's the Democrats that want to be in control of everybody's lives. All right, just a couple more cards. Um, moving on from the swimming. Um, now we've got the CRT laws. This is depressing. Oh, yay. This one's a real bummer. Yep. Uh, open that article. I'm just going to open all the articles now. All right. Start with Georgia. Um, Georgia Senate passed a bill that would limit discussions about race in classrooms. They approved a uh, measure that would prohibit local school boards and administrators from discriminating, quote, on the basis of race by promoting, encouraging divisive concepts in classrooms. It would require local boards of education, local school superintendents, and the governing bodies of charter schools to prohibit such discrimination according to the bill. It would also prohibit the discussion of certain concepts such as one race is inherently superior to another race or the United States of America is fundamentally racist. Um, that sounds a lot like Amazon blocking all those words. Yeah. You're not allowed to say uh, this, is, this is stupid or this is uh, or say anything about slavery or wages or um, a similar bill has passed the state Senate last month. Um, it would prohibit teaching certain concepts related to race and ethnicity in Georgia schools. Uh, state agencies with the text of the legislation defining nine divisive concepts that would not be allowed to be taught if it becomes law. Among them are the ideas that one race or ethnicity is inherently superior to another. The concept of the United States and Georgia are fundamentally or systemically racist. And the practice of teachers making students feel demeaned or guilty because of their race or skin colors or ethnicities. Georgia is among a number of states with Republican-controlled legislatures that have sought to legislate what can be taught in schools. Um, South Dakota also, April 5th, uh, restricted the teaching of critical race theory in schools. I love how they claim, they call it critical race theory, even though that's not what any of that is. Right. I love that. Not remotely. South Dakota Governor Christy Noem signed an executive order on Tuesday aimed at restricting the teaching of inherently divisive concepts in K through 12. Noem, a, Republic, a Republican, had recently signed legislation meant to limit similar teaches teachings in colleges and universities. Our children will not be taught that they are racist or that they are victims, and they will not be compelled to feel responsible for the mistakes of their ancestors, no one said in a statement. We will guarantee that our students will learn American his, America's true and honest history that includes both our triumphs and our mistakes. Uh, uh, Except for not the that... mistakes. Both our triumphs and not our mistakes, is what that should say. Uh, so then we've got, again, same story, Mississippi. Uh, and this, this one's a guardian article and it just starts with in Republicans fevered imagination, school children are browbeaten into admitting they are racist. Um, 
<laughs> I love The Guardian because it being a UK newspaper, they could say some fucking real shit about us that even right. left-leaning media outlets aren't allowed to say here. Um, it's just so fucking dumb. And like all of the critics are accurately saying that like all it's doing is whitewashing history in classrooms because not be and and eliminating free speech you know republicans favorite allegedly favorite thing because not being allowed to talk about systemic racism in any capacity um that's crazy because it, it, it <laughs> even if you want to argue it doesn't exist now it has existed so it needs to be spoken right. about <sighs> yeah so moving from there um i've got immigration uh Biden administration announced an end to title 42 which was the stay in Mexico policy that the Trump era one. Right. So the Biden administration has ended that um, and Republicans are fucking dying about it. Um, Greg Abbott's Good. response to that is that, have, did you see that he's planning on sh- putting migrants in buses and shipping them to the steps of the fucking white house? Yeah. U S Capitol. Um, sure did. Which feels like a war crime. <laughs> Um, displacing people that far away. Uh, Other people were complaining because it's going to be expensive. Like the shipping. That's uh, the main issue with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is a massive waste of taxpayers' funds to make a oh, petty point, it, it but is, that's not but... nearly the biggest problem with that. Um, so that, that I've got on this card two tweets from Cruz. If you want to understand the crisis at the border, come to South Texas. I've spoken with moms who don't allow their teenagers to go out on their property anymore without loaded firearms because there are so many traffickers. It's not safe, which is God. so fucking dumb. Um, also, another tweet from him. Democrats and the media spent four years virtue signaling about kids in cages. Under Biden, the cages are more full than they are bigger and, and they are bigger. Which the lack of self-awareness in that tweet is astounding because, yeah, Biden does have kids in cages and it's awful. Um, Where the fuck have you been? (laughs) Uh, Right? Yeah. uh, All of a sudden you care about kids in cages? Are you fucking kidding me? Um, And he... God, that's infuriating. Um, Yeah. Because Uh, either, either way you take that tweet, either he's justifying kids being in cages and saying that it's hypocritical uh and grandstanding for the democrats and the media to talk about it um but he does support it he's just saying like look everyone does it or oh no no. i mean trying to be critical of the kids in the cages yeah i love me some kids in cages yeah but um i like kids in cages much the next guy right i'm a normal man i put my kids in cages one kid at a time (laughs) um we had a reasonable amount of kids in cages look at how what i have a problem with is the overpopulation of the cages what i'm saying is they should build more cages (laughs) i want to teach responsible kid caging yeah um i want them to think we're barbarians putting too many kids in one cage um and then yeah that was another oh another thing i had with them was the the republicans is that they were talking about how 
oh, Biden's open border policies allowing for all of the human traffickers and the drugs and the shit like that. Um, and I'm like, okay, but like your response is to try to keep the kids in the cages. Um, <laughs> and like, I don't know. They, and then Abbott talking about record breaking levels of uh, drugs were seized at the border. And he's like, hashtag Biden border crisis. And I'm like, that's not the argument you think it is. Like if, if it was seized, a technically, like not, I'm not saying Biden's doing a good job, but you're kind of saying that because you're saying that more is being seized under Biden than has ever been seized before. And it's not like the drugs haven't come right. over before. You're saying he's better at stopping the drugs than any president yeah. prior. Um, maybe what are you, some kind of communist fucking celebrating Biden like that? I, yeah, it's they're the worst. Uh, last card I have is uh, abortion access. Um, did you hear about the woman who was arrested and charged with murder for self-induced abortion in Texas? Yep. Yep, I sure did. The charge has since been dropped, but most people were before it was dropped were speculating that it was an intimidation tactic to try to show women in Texas that they will get arrested and have their life fucking disheveled, even if the case gets dropped. So yeah, like abortion access is just under siege in in a way it's never been before right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, they're, they're really pulling out all the stops. Like they're just attacking every marginalized group they can we've run over how they're basically attacking uh trans people uh specifically trans women yeah mm-hmm. and then women in general uh all healthcare in general uh they're they're the really military the of, teachers yeah, crt uh hospitals uh yeah just who they're, oh, they're trying to get rid of everybody time to kill everyone off except rich white guys Right. <laughs> That's the founder's intent. <laughs> yeah. You know what? They're right. Original intent. Yeah. So that's uh, that's the extent of my note cards, other than to show you that Twitter stream at the end to kind of end on a funnier note. So if you got gotcha. your last story. Yeah. Time for Rufus's final story. The final stand. Uh, this one. Uh, it was mostly I. The title itself irritated me in a certain way, and then reading it made me irritated in a different but more severe way. <laughs> uh, from Politico, uh, the new White House rule: do not talk about Joe Manchin. Oh yeah, I saw. Uh, I was Ted waiting Cruz tweet that. He said, we don't talk about Manchin, or he's like, meet the new Bruno or something. And I was like, y'all are fucking uh, yeah, I was shit. literally waiting for a, oh, talk, don't talk about Bruno quote yeah. to pop up in the article. I didn't see one, but it was heavily implied by the title. Yep. Um, basically, because they're getting ready to pass more bills, they're as being as discreet as possible so as not to upset Manchin. His delicate sensibilities. Or, exactly. Don't get him too Don't hurt riled his up. Feelings. Oh my god! I almost tweeted about that and I let it go. I almost was like, I almost retweeted hit Ted Cruz's tweet and was like, "Hey, everybody, midterms are coming up. <laughs> Whoever's responsible for getting Mansion out of power, you know what to do." 
um, like the next line, the first line, I mean, like in the actual article, just a little byline thing. This is another round of talks on climate spending, but ramps up. AIDS and advocates are under strict orders to keep their mouths shut, lest they antagonize the all-important senator. I hate that phrase. I hate the implication that he is, in fact, a powerful man, when really he just happens to be a little bitch uh, who's locked into a situation giving him more authority than he's power. ever. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, it's infuriating. I also love the way the article is getting phrased. Like the, the very first sentence is the fate of Joe Biden's domestic agenda may hinge on his administration's ability to do one simple thing. Shut up. As if like they're a child who's too, being too whiny and loud. So it's causing distress in the household. Um, he needs to toe the goddamn line. I'm not saying Democrats need to be anything like Republicans. They're close enough as it is. Uh, they could use a little unification, though. Yeah. Like in general. Um, at least if they could unify in a positive direction instead of how they normally do. Like we mentioned earlier, last episode on increasing military spending and police spending, shit like that. Yeah, unifying uh, around the same things Republicans unify around. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I would quite explicitly not comment on the conversations that are happening. Uh, Brian Deese, Biden's National Economic Council Director. Did you say Deese? Deese. Deese nuts. (laughs) Brian Deese nuts. Uh, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, and there's basically this is administration-wide gag order, uh, as, as opposed to like building excitement on like the, any details of uh, any uh, future policies, to building you know support for it, they're basically trying to sneak up on him and not talk about any big ideas. Because oh no, what if JoJo doesn't like it? Yeah, they don't want to. They don't want to talk about it, and so he doesn't have time to formulate a fucking Republican opinion on it. Yeah, so he doesn't he doesn't get text from I'm assuming his uh his natural gas red daddy. fucking owners. Yeah. yeah. Here's what you need to do about this bill, Joe Manchin. You guy who's in my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Already racist. Express Jesus. that in your policy making. And it just and I've mentioned this before. I really, really hate him. I hate everyone like him. I hate what he represents, which is uh, our overly corrupt political system. Even more, not more so, but almost as much as in a different way, uh, how Republicans represent what's corrupt in our system. Yeah, being they're... just blatant liars. Um, uh, clearly gaming the system for their own profit. Like, he's it's obvious what he's doing right i don't like it yeah it's super annoying especially when you know that like his entire family fortune rests on the coal plants that he owns uh so like yeah voting against the party interest for his own legacy and quote-unquote legacy interests um 
which is an, just another reason why we need to eliminate inheritance, uh, like profit inheritance. Oh um, yeah. Cause then you would like, he'd be like, Oh, I'm at the end of my life. And my kids aren't going to get these coal mine or coal factories anyway. So, um, you know, I guess I can go green now. Like that whole, like they're, it de-incentivizes people from holding on to that fucking money to the bitter end so that they can give it to their kids and keep it in a fucking family line. Um, Cause then it would be a lot easier to justify like massive amounts of wealth that someone accumulates is like, if that wealth then go- when they die goes back to the public uh, right. Like if you created something that makes the lives of everyone on earth better um, and you deserve to be rewarded for that, that does, even if it's, you end up accumulating a gross amount of money over it, your kids didn't do jack shit. They don't deserve to carry that fucking fortune. Um, that all goes back to where it came from, to where it was built off of. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a whole case. that's a whole other story. Um, you got anything else on that? God, I hate him so much. Uh, no, I'm not gonna lie. It was like the last article I'd found. Uh, oh, you know, it's reiterating administration spent like months last year trying to pressure Mansion and yeah. supporting the climate social spending package. Biden, like personally going and visiting Mansion to. Right, you know, which just encourages that fucking, yeah, yeah. You you uh you bowed down. You tried to kiss the foot. You showed your belly. Yeah, encourage. Like, it was having people that are attention needy and then giving them attention just makes the whole thing worse. Yeah. <laughs> um. You showed him your belly, and it was yellow, as and, they used to say. So I've got <laughs> a Twitter stream I want to show you. Um, I went through, and this, for frame of reference, this is just tweets from this year, since January 1st, from Rand Paul that have Anthony Fauci's name in the tweets. (laughs) Um, This does not include the hundreds upon hundreds of retweets with Fauci's name in them. Um, this is just, I, I did accidentally include a couple and I did not remove them from this note card thing. But uh, for the most part, other than like two, these are all him tweeting with Fauci's name. And this is just since January 1st of this year. So let me pop this screen share on. All right, can you see that? Yes. All right, so yeah. I'm, I'm not even gonna read them. This is just Fauci, Fauci, Fauci. Oh my. God, Dr. Fauci, Anthony Fauci. Uh, not surprised. Oops, I opened that. <laughs> not surprised. Uh, cloth mask wants to be over the rest of us. Well, um, Fauci, and then he quote tweets himself and mentions Fauci again. Fauci of Republicans, Fauci cared about fig, get cared a fig about saving lives. This is another accident that he retweeted. Uh, and then the, here's the next stream. This is a whole different separate oh card because I ran out of room on the first card. Oh my God. I think Fauci, he's in love. Fauci. <laughs> Fauci plays the victim. 
Rand Paul. Ri- uh, this one is really funny. He fucking, this is him tweeting it and Rand Paul rips Fauci. I'm like, I don't, what the, f- are you talking about yourself in third person? Thanks, Dr. Oh, Fauci, for great God. advice. People are angry with Fauci. Right. Fauci attacks. My food's here. I got to meet him downstairs. Okay. All right. I'll show the stream to the people. Fauci, 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 Fauci. Um, he's obsessed. I realized it because I saw a couple times where, like, I was, he'd come up a couple times saying it in my feed, and I was like, yo, this dude talks about Fauci a fucking lot. <laughs> and I wanted to know just how many times. And I was going to go through the day that I did this and, like, grab them from, like, going back to the middle of the pandemic-ish, like, 2020. And I was like, yeah. once, I had, once I had 30 tweets by January 1st, I was like, fuck this, I'm done. <laughs> um, like, literally, he talks about nothing else. He's like, at least, like, with Cruz, who also spends his time tweeting about useless bullshit, he talks about useless bullshit that's like relevant. Um, yeah, he he keeps up to date with whatever's hot off the you know the news and the zeitgeist. Yeah, like the pandemics, like it's not. I mean, it's not over. People are still dying, but like relatively for Americans, we've stopped caring at in any capacity. And Fauci's kind of stepped out of the public eye, mostly because of the death threats and shit and uh yeah he's still tweeting about him every fucking day which goes back to which i guess not goes back to goes to for the first time in this recording um the fucking jimmy kimmel interaction with uh mtg where he said um she said that the other republicans who voted to confirm were pedophiles and he responded in his late night show by saying, uh, where's Will Smith when you really need him? <laughs> and oh yeah. Her and that and, constitutes assault. Yeah. That he's dog whistling to the left to attack her. Um, which is one, not how that works, and not what a not dog what whistle that word is. means. Not just like not she took that word literally, like um, like like as in your like dog whistling like a command. Like, cause that's what a literal yeah. dog whistle is for is commanding. Uh, like we're all dog. like, like we're all sleeper agents. Who and yeah. Waiting for this moment. Waiting for Jimmy Kibble to make a Will Smith joke to go fucking fuck up a representative of the United States. Um, as if she doesn't say shit. That, word. As if she doesn't say shit that makes us want to assault her by on her own. Like, it's not like Jimmy Kimball's going to be the make or break. And like, if I was going to attack you, you'd be attacked. Like Jimmy Kimball has nothing to do with it. Um, I really like Marge Taylor Green, but Jimmy Kimmel said so. Well, like I was teetering on the edge of angry, but when Jimmy Kimmel made the Will Smith joke, I decided I was going to redacted her. <laughs> 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 he just uh, and that, uh, that was the funny thing is that so then Matt Gates stepped in on it, and they basically went on and on about how words are violence and how uh him saying that constitutes assault and how it puts her life in danger because of death threats because of the crazy left but like no issue with with this guy fucking trying to get dog whistling to the right to attack anthony fauci um no issue with two years of fucking libel on twitter but words are violence but not when we use them like little bitch babies need their fucking safe space from Jimmy fucking Kimmel. Uh, oh like, my god! 
if you're really that fucking turned out over a fucking Jimmy Kimmel joke about Will Smith, you maybe need to get off the fucking internet forever. Um, Because I guarantee you, if you read anything about yourself, that somebody uh, who is it just like a late night host, any real leftist or whatever has to say about you. um, They are saying far worse things. Yeah, by comparison, certainly, but also just like, yeah, like if you want, (laughs) you probably just shouldn't be on the internet. Um, Like Ted Cruz can ask a <laughs> to like for for all his faults it is insane to me that he's capable of asking a supreme court nominee if babies are racist and immediately go on twitter and read his mentions um that's a fucking guy who doesn't give a fuck about what you say about him <laughs> um, because uh yeah that that like <laughs> you want to talk about violence on twitter about what people have to say about you. That man's probably read some shit about himself and I don't hear him bitching about it in that capacity. Um, Not to defend Ted Cruz. No, but all I'm saying is that that giant pussy can take Twitter. Why can't you? (laughs) Uh, And then having... Genuinely astounding. My favorite reaction to that too was Kibble again when... Matt Gates stepped in and was like, Oh, she could take you, and so could her husband. And like, you better watch your step, or else uh they're gonna fuck you up. And uh Kimball was like, Is this another invitation to one of y'all's weird orgies? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That shit was good. <laughs> Especially because what she said was like objectively liable and violent like that's like all kinds of slander and because of like especially with how this nation views pedophiles that also could constitute like violence against them from your own constituents um right but jimmy kimmel can't make a will smith joke without fucking you crying about it nuts (laughs) um this has been your first formal episode of the season uh thanks for watching uh absolutely so yeah once words man i'm hungry (laughs) yeah yeah i I can smell my jack-in-the-box and it is calling my name it wants me to poop my pants And uh, speaking of pooping pants, if you enjoy some pants shitting news reporting, follow us on Twitter, uh, (laughs) Instagram, Facebook, um, Patreon. Ask us about our Discord. um, And in the meantime, and in between time, send news. Send news. Y'all have a good one.